0: So, in, um, in Revelations 2, uh, chapters 2 and 3, uh, the disciple John gets these words from the Lord, from Jesus, about the churches, about seven churches. Um, and each of those words has particular, there's, there's a pattern to each of the words that's given. Um, most churches receive a praise, most receive a, a rebuke or a correction. Um... And if you look at Bible commentaries, most theologians say that you know, these words were relevant to the church at the time. They're relevant for all churches for all time, and they're relevant for believers for all time. That um, they have these multiple meanings. Um, you know, when, I, when I asked the Lord what he wanted to speak about tonight, I, f- I felt that he wanted me to look back at 2020. And I've never done this before. And it's, therefore, you know, it's new and maybe a bit more challenging um, and maybe out of my comfort zone. But the Lord has spoken to this church on many occasions in 2020. And I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to share a few of those words. Now, some of these I've talked about a little bit in some sermons. Some of these will be new to you. Um, especially if you haven't been with us for a while. They'll all be new, Doug. <laughs> um, and my my hope and my prayer is that as I share these stories, that something in you will be encouraged. And and um, maybe your, 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 your spirit will come a little bit more alive as, as you think about the promises of God and some of the things he's done. Um, but this might sound a bit strange, but... <sighs> I I feel mostly that I'm just giving the sermon for God, and that's not something I've ever said before, but I I feel that there's a a purpose in honoring what he has said, and saying, Lord, we heard you, and we're thankful for what you said, Um, and and in honoring what some of the things he at least has said and some of the things he has done, that we will be positioned to receive more. This is what David says in Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Fall upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing songs to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those, let the hearts of those who rejoice seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. So I want us to to think about some of the things he said. Most of these will be things that he said to me or through elders to this body. And uh, at least one of them is public to this body and I want to remind us of that. I want us to praise him, and I want to—I want us to rejoice in him, as David says, and I want us to seek his face. If—if um, if we were to say any one thing about um, 2020, it would probably you know, be COVID, wouldn't it? Yeah. What defines 2020? COVID. And the—the the, the longer this year has gone on, if um, when I think about 2020 and how I would define it. There's, there's two words which come to mind, and it's hard for me to choose between the two. The one is promise, and the other is hope, because of the words that the Lord has spoken. And in the midst of all the craziness of this year, and, and the way things have shifted, as, um, as the worship team, s- team sang to us earlier, I've just I've, I've felt more and more promise, and more and more hope. And I, I know some of, us are, some of us have had hard years than others. I know some of us are still going through trials. Scott is still in hospital, and we, we continue to pray for him. Um, but I want us to have hope in the promises of God. So, the first thing, this, and this one's really quick, I think I've got five or six, depending on time. Okay. Um, and this is a bit of a cheat, but it, it'll make sense at the end, hopefully. Okay. But in terms of the prophetic words for this year, the first one I was given was actually at the end of last year. It was really simple. Um, Andrea Bates, she normally sits in that chair or that chair. If you've noticed, she, she will often draw during sermons. Uh, and she's often drawing what's been preached, but what she sees the Lord doing through the sermon or around the sermon or she, you know, just what the Lord is doing spiritually. And she came to me with a drawing, and I, I don't even know what I preached on that Sunday, but it was of a nuclear explosion. Um, you know, the, the, the mushroom cloud. And, and she said, I, as, as you were preaching, I felt the Lord promising, the Lord saying that there's going to be an explosion of his spirit in this place that we haven't seen before, that, that he's going to take us beyond what we have known. Um, and that was one of those great words. You know, like you, you receive those ones and you say, yes, please, I hope it's true, like I pray it's true, um, it's a good word. Um, and so that's the one that, 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 was, that kind of ended my 2019 and started my 2020 with, with that picture that she gave me. Um, so I started 2020 feeling pretty good. And I think it was the first or second Sunday of January, and this is the second thing, that I, that, that I was up here worshiping as, as usual. Um, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Open the wells. Open the wells. Now, if you've been in charismatic circles for a while, you know charismatics love talking about wells. I don't always know what they mean, frankly. Um, but <laughs> the wells have to do with the, the life of God, the the that river of life that we've talked about so much. And it refers to Old Testament, and it'll make more sense when I read something soon. Okay. Um, but he said to me, Open the wells. And shortly after that, I, I, had this, I had this vision, um, as, as, you know, as the Holy Spirit gives, um, and I've mentioned this before in a sermon, of, of people at the front of the church, on their knees during worship. And it wasn't an altar call, it was just people wanting to be in God's presence. Um, and, it, and it wasn't figurative either. I felt the Holy Spirit saying, this is tangible, and this is real, and I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna be at the front. Now, of course he's everywhere. You know, Sarah, he can get you at the back, but there was, there was something about people, just this, this movement forward into his presence and kneeling at his feet. Um, and, I, and I said, yeah, yes, please, Lord. Like, that's, that's what I want. Um, and, you know, pr- prophetic words can be tricky, especially if you're somewhat competitive like I am. Um, and I'm sure it's something that a lot of us struggle with. Like, we get a word, and then we, we, like, we want it to happen, and like what can we do to make it happen how can we strive to make it happen and you know the frustrating thing with god is that we can't make him do anything can we like, we can we can do the things he calls us to do we can act but we can't make him do anything and and what, what really struck me was as he gave me that word was i had no sense that i had to do anything um, and it was interesting that he, that he said to me open the wells not kind of redig the wells there wasn't this kind of striving of, of hard work, but just open them like there, was a, like there was a cover over them that just needed to be lifted to allow my people to access my presence again. So I got that word, and I held it. Um, I shared a little bit of it a few months later. But I knew that the Lord was saying, That he was providing an opportunity for his people to meet with him. That was the main thing. Um, So, the third word from the Lord. Um, Adam Narcissa came to see us in March. How many of you were here for that? Just a show of hands. Okay, half the room. Um, How many of you at the early session and not just the evening session? Can you remember this? Okay, most again. Good. Okay. So, COVID was just starting to kick off. People were starting to talk about isolation and quarantining um, and the week or two before Adam came up, you know we had a lot of discussions, should you come? You know, is it wise, is it safe, et cetera? Um, and we felt the lord's telling, um, telling us that, that he should that he should um, he should visit us and Adam, as he always does, he ministered beautifully and spoke uh, amazingly on a few occasions. But the one thing that really struck me and the thing that I wanted to remind us of tonight was... Um, probably the first thing that he said. And he preached out of Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. This was, um, this was a word that I know Adam went on. He did a podcast, um, I think, with Charisma Magazine, and he used this verse. You know, I know he gave this talk at a lot of churches. Um, but as COVID was just starting to kick off, this, this had a huge resonance with me, and I'm sure with many of us. And this promise that as darkness starts to cover the land, we can have this expectation that God arises. It's not like he arises and the darkness vanishes, and we often talk about that, you know, the light shines, the darkness goes. But this, in this case, the darkness is there, and it's in the context of darkness that God arises, that he responds to the darkness that is around us. And so rather than seeing darkness as this great threat, what Adam encouraged us, encouraged us to do was, was to be expectant for God to move, be expectant that he would rise, arise and shine. Let your light shine. And that was hugely encouraging. Um, and This might be stretching a few of you a bit too much, but I think another reason why this message had power over our body, and I didn't remember this till I looked it up later, was that scripture is one of the scriptures that Spencer Lloyd used in his final sermon to us. When he gave us six exhortations, this was one of his exhortations. He spoke from the scripture and he said, humbly, be more expectant for the Lord to move because I sense that he is going to arise and he's going to shine and he's going to give you more of his presence. And so I I, I take that word from Spencer as a prophetic act as well over this body. Um, And that might be why that struck us um, even more than perhaps it might have. So... um, Rather than these times of COVID just being a challenge, they started to carry promise and hope. Okay, promise and hope. I was chatting to Kath um, about how she has viewed this year and how she's viewed God moving and the kind of highlights this year, Um, and how she's viewed COVID and you know this whole season. And she said to me, um, you know, we sometimes we talk about pruning, um, and, and, and Jesus talks to us about being pruned, being cut back, which is often a painful experience, you know, and God takes us back to a small little you know, branch off, off, the, off the stump, and then from that point we grow again, and we flourish, and we bear more fruit. Um, but she said, this hasn't been a pruning, this has been a threshing. It hasn't been as painful as pruning. But with threshing, when you have the wheat and you thresh the wheat, to break all the chaff, for the wind to come and to blow the chaff away, you are left with what is good. You're left with what is the harvest. And and, and part of the promise, part of the hope that I've seen over these last few months is so many of the things that I used to rely on, so many of the certainties that I used to have, you know, and, and I'm sure many of you have, have found, even in employment, you know, at Taylor, it's a pretty stable place. But even at Taylor, we're wondering, you know, am I going to have a job in a few minutes? Am I going to be the next guy on the chopping block? The places that we can have our security start to be shaken. But rather than it being a, a, a thing of fear, it becomes a thing of, of wheat and chaff. And, the, and you, st- the ch- you start to see the chaff for what it is. And the Lord is able to blow it away. And things that are more precious start coming into sight more clearly. And that's been my experience over the last few months. So I'm so grateful for that word from Adam. Um, But of course, going back to my word about people coming up to the front of the church, I I had this sense of frustration, obviously, because then COVID hit and we were no longer able to meet as a church. It's like, Lord, what what happened to that word? You know, I'm going to keep holding on to it, but now we can't even be in the building. And preaching is, I like preaching. I don't like preaching to a camera. I like preaching to faces. I want to see the faces of the people that I preach at. I want to feel what the Lord is doing. Preaching to a camera is really difficult, really unrewarding. <laughs> that was not a pleasant time, preaching to a camera. Um, but I was so grateful for this, this um, next word, this fourth word, which, um, which I was given. And then this was given to to the elders, and I don't think it was shared in the body, but um, Henrik, who is one of our elders, wrote this message to us. And he said, I'd been reading um, Genesis 26, 17, and he says the scripture leapt off the page to him. And this is what it says, 17 onwards. So Isaac left. He camped in the valley of Gerar and settled down there. Isaac dug again the wells, which were dug in the days of his father Abraham, but had been clogged up by the Philistines after Abraham's death, and he rena- renamed them using the original names his father had given them. And Henrik said, said this: What I felt from this was a sense of vivid hope that the Lord would be preserving the locations of our wells during the season of distance, and that he would guide us in redigging them freshly and deeply on the other side. Freshly and deeply on the other side. And remember that word deeply, okay? Freshly and deeply on the other side. So again, I took this as as an encouragement. I said, all right, Lord, um, you're taking us out of our building, this place where I really felt you explicitly wanted to meet us. Let's see what's next. Um, And the next word that that I was given that really encouraged me was from Luke Ansbach, also one of our elders. Um, Luke will often send me messages first thing in the morning. He has really long quiet times um, and often God speaks to him. This was a really clear picture that he had and I've mentioned this one before but this picture of a lightning rod being thrust into the ground and lightning striking the lightning rod and going down into the earth and then he saw shards of lightning going and hitting houses all around this lightning rod. And he said to me, I, I really believe the Lord is promising that he's going to keep moving and he's going to keep touching people in their homes. He's going to meet them in their homes, even as you preach to a camera. And Tyler worships in his living room. Even as they do their quiet times, whatever they do, he's going to meet them. And what he has started isn't going to stop. And that was, that was really important because it wasn't just about kingdom life. But um, if you recall, in the spring, God was really starting to move um, on Taylor's campus as well. Really powerfully in the ways that I hadn't seen in, well, in 10 years. With groups of hundreds of students gathering spontaneously to pray. Students being filled with his prayers. Students getting the gift of tongues without asking for it. Students getting healed without asking for prayer. He was starting to move. And, so, and then everyone left. It's like, Lord, why? But this promise that he is moving and that light, those lightning bolts going out, touching people, that students would still be able to meet him in their homes, and we would be able to meet him in our homes. Just before um, students were sent home, I met, with, um, I met with Adina, who we've prayed for. Um, now Adina's a student, she's a slightly older student. She's been to, I don't know, like 30 countries and been all over the world, and she's got some experience. More than the average student, I guess. Um, and I had coffee with her, and, um, must have been in March or so, just before the university uh, students left, and we just talked about life, and God, and Holy Spirit, and, you know, things that we talk about, um, and in our conversation, I, I raised, you know, some of the pain that Kingdom Life had been through, um, 10 years ago, or so, um, when we faced enormous opposition, um, and students who were part of our body faced enormous opposition. And it was a really hard time with some really great tragedy in it as well. Um, and I said, you know, how we had talked, we had prayed and, you know, God had been so faithful, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera, and, and Adina said, you know, God really needs to, if He really wants to meet you in this still. There's stuff still to be done. And I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but there can be things that we've prayed about countless times. And you feel like you've got freedom. You feel like you're okay. But as soon as she said that, the, the spirit in me just went, yes. And, and it was like God put an appointment <laughs> in front of me. Like, I'm going to meet you. And I was so excited. And then she left because of COVID. But I had this promise. And it was, it was weird because it was, it was a really strong promise and it's hard to explain, but it was a promise and, and I knew God was going to do something. I didn't know what, but it was going to be something. And um, Adina came back in August. So however many months that four or five months later. And she was here for a while and then she sent me a text saying, you know, we still need to do that prayer. And I said, yes, we do. We really need to do that prayer. <laughs> I'm waiting for whatever God wants to do. <laughs> And um, the, the, the word about experiencing God's presence in his, in his life and opening the wells, that, that, that's really what I was carrying. The, 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 the picture about the, the atomic explosion was great as well, carrying that promise of that. But the wells, that water of God, that life of God, being able to be saturated in that, was something that I was craving. Um, we invited a few people to to pray. Um, mostly people who had been here 10 years ago when things had gone horribly wrong and people had been really hurt. And it was kind of weird. It was one of those moments where you invite people and then they couldn't come for this reason and that reason. And so in the end, Bill and Susie and I and Matt and Amanda were there. And for really unplanned reasons, my kids ended up being there as well. They weren't supposed to be there. They weren't even invited. But they just, they arrived. <laughs> and... Obviously, it was God. He wanted them to be there. And and I've, I've mentioned this before, but it's, it, was, it was such a, an amazing time with God. Um, from the moment that Adina started worshipping, the Holy Spirit just filled the house in a, in a way that's so, more tangible than I've experienced in a very long time maybe 15 years, it it was amazing, and so his his weight was incredible, that it wasn't forceful, but it was just weighty, that you just wanted to sit on the floor for a couple hours, (laughs) and just be in his presence, and a lot of things were prayed, a lot of people got prayer, a lot of things were prayed, I got a lot of prayer, and so much, the Lord did so much, but One thing that Adina prayed that was so important, and and she prayed this over me, but I know she was praying it over me and Bill at the same time, because we were two people at Taylor who particularly bore the brunt of opposition. Um, She said that the the devil has placed a barrier between you and the Lord, and the Lord's declared that today that barrier is gone. And as soon as she said that, it was one of those amazing experiences where you just feel the weight, you feel a burden that you didn't even know was there, just gone, and his presence filling you. And it was amazing, because I thought I'd work through the, the stuff, I thought I'd work through the pain and the hardship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But clearly, I hadn't. There's more to be done. And in that moment, I was in that that well of God's love and that well of. God's presence and that word that I'd seen in January even though that was here it started to be true because that lifted a huge weight off me which was amazing but then what I found was that people that I would speak to would start to experience God more and people that I prayed with would start to experience him more and I was starting to hear his voice more clearly and then you, you remember during the sermons on, on living water, for the last whatever, six months we've been doing those five months, I've talked about God meeting me. And that, that word just became true, that the barrier was lifted, and he just started showing up in random ways in random places. And you know, if you encounter Jesus, then hope arises and promise increases. And he proved himself to be ever more faithful the words that he had given. And I know that um, <laughs> I, know, I know that Bill started to um, have some great experiences as well. One day, hopefully next year, when he feels comfortable sharing it in full, um, there was a great, great moment when Adina went into his class and prayed for a student who was then slain in the spirit and was, had to be laid out on the floor of one of the corridors for about an hour. That was Unusual for Taylor, <laughs> so uh, we'll, I'll let him share the and Adina share that story. Um, but it's it's um, it's been so it's been so wonderful. Yeah, you know, I love I love when I see God move. I, I love uh, there's um, there's nothing there's no feeling like feeling the Holy Spirit flowing through your body. There's just nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. And then seeing him touch other people and seeing them experience him for the first time. And it's not about the experience, but they actually stay, to see people realize that God is real. That the stories are true. He's real and he's tangible. Like I don't I don't care if God doesn't perform a miracle through me. If I can keep experiencing him and knowing him, that is sufficient. That is sufficient. You know, the funny thing is, um, looking back this year and and promise and hope, um, most of the the church staff had a meal with our spouses last week, and we went around the table and we asked each person to to say what they were thankful for this year. And it was amazing. And my kids were there too. And and, and it was um, it was amazing how in this year that has been so weird, where so much has been shaken. And we've had the elections and other things, haven't we, that have been interesting. There was, there was so much genuine, authentic acknowledgement of thankfulness, of God moving, real, tangible things. And you know, we had people like Ryan and Giselle who got married, and they didn't do like, well, we got married thing, you know, they, which is obviously important, but they found things that they were truly grateful for that God had done and moved in. And hearing my kids, hearing my son talk about how he started to hear God more, the prophetic was starting to become easy. Like, that's gold to a father, isn't it, Brian? <laughs> 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 to hear your son saying how he's hearing the Lord's voice. That's a crazy thing. That in the midst of darkness, in the midst of challenge, God is arising and He's shining. So... Um, I have one more to share, to finish with. Um, But I had this vision, okay, and and next year we're going to have carpets up at the front every Sunday, so you guys, any Sunday, I don't care whether it's during the way I'm preaching, during worship, whenever, just come up to the front and kneel, and just see if God does something. See if he does. But a few weeks ago, I was, um, I finished preaching, and, you know, service was was finished, and I went to get prayer um, at the front, and after prayer, I said, you know, Lord, you gave me that vision. You gave me the vision of people filling the front and, and experiencing you. Um, and I said, I've experienced you and it's been amazing. I know others have. I've heard stories and it's great. But I don't, I, but it's not, the, it's not the picture that you gave me. Um, and Amanda was getting prayer that night um, with Joe and Sid, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and I went up and I joined the prayer team and we were praying for Amanda and the Holy Spirit just hit her and she fell on the ground in a very gentle way and, and then you were there for, I don't know, for the next half hour or so and I prayed for her while she, while she was on the ground and I had such a clear vision of God enveloping her in love it was amazing she was sinking into this pool of love and then I, I just thought I'm saying is is one enough? Is one enough for that word? And I said, Yeah, one's enough. You've shown me the word is true. I still want more <laughs> for all, all of us. I guess it's like um, Elijah with the cloud, you know, when you prayed for rain. One cloud, it's enough. The rain's coming. It's enough. So I wanted to finish with, um, with the prophetic word that Adina gave the church a few months ago. Um, this is the final word. Um, I don't know how many of you were here, that it was the first Sunday we had prophetic at the front and Adina gave a really powerful word. Um, I would just say, uh, you know, I'm not, this is not a, a sermon obviously on what to do with the prophetic. Um, often, you know, we will say when you're given a prophetic word, seek one or two more, seek confirmation or seek counsel, but you let God confirm a word, okay? So hear me say that. There are, however, sometimes when you hear a word and it hits you in your spirit and you feel the spirit and you kind of leap and you're like, okay, that one's from God, I got it. Um, and this word from Medina was like that. There was a heaviness and, a, and an authority to it. Um, I'm gonna read it. It's, it's a little long, but I want you to, I want you to hear it and I, I believe this is a confirmation of what God has done, but I also believe it contains promises for 2021. Okay. For this church and for others. She's, this is what she said. Firstly, I saw the Lord, massive and mighty, looming over the church, and he was waving a large gold scepter around above the church grounds and its people. I felt there was a level of him having greater authority and dominion as a shepherd king over the body. With the full release of control and giving him all authority, we also gained a holy impartation of that authority for our spheres of influence within the church at Taylor, Iowa, social workers, schools, workplaces, etc. I then felt a shift in the spiritual realm. There's been a sense of feeling the Lord to be so imminent. But I felt a change and could almost hear audibly this massive shout from Jesus, I am now here, no longer about to come. I have come. I am present. Of course, we know he is always present. But this felt different, very holy and extremely powerful. I could feel him nearer than he has been in the past. It's a new presence and nearness. Lastly, I heard the Lord declare that barrenness is not kingdom life's family's portion. This church's portion is to be impregnated, so to speak, with the things of God, to carry them to full term and birth them into the world. Like Sarah and Hannah, there has been a delay in seeing things born, but it is no longer. The time of impartation has come, and fruitfulness is the portion of this family. I felt this invitation for fruitfulness and to birth new spiritual things of God into the world was for everyone at Kingdom Life. For everyone, a kingdom life. Now, the words of God will come true in God's timing. When she gave this word, I had no doubt that the Lord was speaking to us. That his power was on this word. And I've only just begun to wrestle with it. And next week, on the first Sunday of um, 2021, you know, we're going to pray, we're going to seek God's guidance, we're going to seek His vision for 2021, but I l- believe that this is part of it. And I would en- encourage you to ask the Lord, what is the gift that you want me to bring to fruition? What's the thing that you want to make me pregnant with? What's the longing that you have for me? And maybe you really feel the stirring. Maybe there's a hope or a promise for what you want. But when Jesus says, I'm here, then I think we should take that seriously and jump on you know, and say, yeah, sure, Lord, this is, yes, please, more. And I, I don't know what... Um, this aspect will look like in 2021, but I will say this. Um, Again, in my conversation with Kath, and I asked her about this past year, she said the thing that has stood out to her the most is how much of it has been about resting in God's presence and how little has been about striving. And I've said this many, many times. None of this year has been about striving. Almost everything has been about God showing up when he wants to and to do what he wants when he wants to. But he asked us to, Open the wells, which is to say, I believe, Lord, have your way. We surrender to you. You're in charge. We want to encounter you again. Will you come and meet us? And then to have hearts that are willing to say yes. Not by striving, just saying yes when he shows up. Dawn, you going to find a final song for us to sing? Do your worship team want to come up? Um, I wanted to give a testimony to what God has <laughs> done. to the words that he has spoken, and a little bit of my process as I try and lead us as well, often through prophetic words. And I want us to have hope and promise, a hope and a promise for 2021, to be expectant, to expect to be expectant that we will experience more of his presence than we have before, more of his spirit than we have before, that he is and will continue to arise and shine over us. So I I want us to finish tonight with with a song of worship and a song of thanks and a song of praise. To say, Lord, we heard you, we heard your voice, we're grateful for everything that you've done. And where we still have challenges, where we still have hardship, Lord, we ask you to move and to meet us there. Whether it's sickness, whether it's about jobs, whatever it is, We ask you to meet and to keep moving. So let's stand and worship.